sentence of 45 to 47 years in prison. I recommend that you plead guilty. A plea bargain may result in a lesser punishment of five to seven years. Plead guilty to what? Are you sure you want to plead guilty? No. To confirm your no. decision. No, I'm, I'm not guilty. Are you sure you want to plead not guilty? I not didn't do guilty. anything. I'm sorry. I didn't get that. Please try again. I, I want to speak to a human being. Would you like to place a call? Yes. Who would you like to call? The, the chief of police. The, the human one. Please accept the terms and conditions in order to place your outgoing... Bye. Thank you for calling the LAPD. A human representative will be with you shortly. Please hold. Hey, what does that mean? You authorized the transfer of funds from your bank to place a call to... The, the chief of police. The, the human one. At $3 per minute for 114 minutes. What? You, you never said that. It's his fault for not reading the terms and conditions. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Lukardowski here of WeAreChange.org, and we have a packed house for you guys once again as we are going to be going live for the next two hours with some really awesome, incredible human beings with some fascinating conversations as, of course, there's a lot to talk about, especially when it comes to the southern border, especially when it comes to a lot of the very tumultuous situations in democratic cities, all of course, as it looks like Gen Z is literally preparing for disaster. We're going to be talking about that plus a lot more all here on this independent media broadcast for the next two hours. So make sure you share this broadcast with your friends and family members, as of course, you could also participate in the conversation by going to mysuperchat.com and then offering us a comment that you pay for. Any kind of comment that you pay for will be shown on screen with your username and your comments. We, of course, will be addressing all Super Chats, all Rumble Rants. We prefer you guys use mysuperchat.com. It's not necessary, but when you do, you also are able to support this independent media organization a lot better than you would off of any other kind of donation platform. Another way to participate is by going to, of course, LukeUnfiltered.com, signing up as a member. It's quick, it's easy, it's simple, it's less than 50 cents a day, especially if you sign up yearly, and you get the ability to call in to the show and ask us unscripted, unfiltered questions at about 8.30 p.m. Eastern when we switch over to, of course, Rumble, where the conversation there gets... Uh, a lot more freer than it is on this particular platform that we are starting off this broadcast. Starting the broadcast with Josie, the red-headed libertarian lady who has joined us that I have actually called Josie the outlaw by accident. But um, I think that nickname also fits, right? Yes, it does. And I'm a huge fan of, of, I'm a huge fan of older movies, and that's uh, Clint Eastwood, Josie Wales. So um, I'm into it. But yeah. Great movie. Josie, who are you for the people who don't know you? I am Josie. I'm the redheaded libertarian on X.com. I host a show called Spaces with Josie over on X, and I do outside media work at TimCast.com. Sweet. Clint's also here. Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown, co-host of Tower Gang, and co-host of the best political show.com. A pleasure to see you beautiful human beings once again. And we've got Steph smashing the buttons for us. Hey, everybody. I'm Steph. 
I'm smashing the buttons for everyone. <laughs> She's a great button smasher. As already, we have a super chat from Red Viking that reads, Dinner is hot. This woman is hot. The show is hot. Thank you, Red Viking, for the super chat and your support here. As, of course, let's just get right into it as we have the first story of today. And that is this story from the Daily Mail that is reporting how the New York City Comptroller is stripping away emergency powers from New York City Mayor Eric Adams because... As already, the city spent an estimated $1.7 billion catering to just 146,000 asylum seekers, a.k.a. illegal migrants, who, of course, the mayor welcomed into that city and now is coming out and saying, hey, can we have uh, backseas, please? Can you guys please not come here, even though I invited you to come here? As it definitely looks like the city is going through a very difficult time as social services have been cut, particularly to some of the poorest people in that region. The cost of housing has gone up. The cost of labor has gone down all officially a part of a kind of neoconservative Koch brothers globalist kind of plan that has essentially screwed over the majority of the American people and left a situation where the city has spent all of its money and doesn't have anything left after, of course, it taxed so much from the people already living there. For me, this is just a cruel joke kind of repeating itself. I don't know what you guys see with this situation because... With the situation in the southern border, it's only going to get worse from here. Yeah, and, and I think you know New York is just one example of many cities and blue states that are experiencing the same dynamic. Obviously, San Francisco, I'm from California. California more broadly, L.A. in particular, uh, they're dealing with the same stuff. And I think that they're, you're going to see insolvency. Uh, basically, the, uh, the chickens are coming home to roost uh, with all of these globalist plans and the the local population uh, particularly the poor in the local population are the ones that are going to suffer the most so it's going to be very interesting to see if they continue to vote for these politicians that have have brought this to bear unfortunately i think they probably will yeah, I mean, there's so many scams within scams. We're, we're hearing about specifically, uh, retroactively, a $432 million no-bid contract with a for-profit medical services that was accused of mistreating migrants that has come under scrutiny here. As, of course, let's be honest here. A lot of people are making money off of this situation, and a lot of people are suffering, especially the people who are told, hey, if you're in Latin America, you're not doing well here. Come to America. We'll give you a lot of the money. And uh, a lot of the times... They deal with essentially the government's DMV-like services that uh, don't really deliver. What I thought was interesting is shortly after uh, the mayor came out and said, you know, maybe maybe we, we can't really take any more migrants, all of a sudden there was an assault claim against him from 1993, that, and now he's being investigated for that, and it sounds like he... he uh, overreached and he upset the wrong people, and that tends to be the pattern that happens when you do that as you become... Uh, an assaulter you become well and, and then another assaulter the the como man is exactly. probably looking to get take his position of power mm -hmm. as he's looking to become the next mayor of new york city as eric adams might be on his way out as the fbi literally confiscated his phones and are investigating him for some collusion when it comes to some turkish government officials mm -hmm. and some payments that he received from shady individuals but i just love it because it's like it's replacing one dude with a you know uh, assault allegation with another dude with assault allegations. Hey, he's Italian. He just likes to <laughs> hug people. My, the funniest response to Mr. Como was, 
him releasing a freaking video being like, it's not just the women that I grab inappropriately. I grab everyone inappropriately. And I'm like, that's not a good argument to make there, buddy. As, of course, what happened to him, I also believe, is a larger conspiracy within the conspiracy mm-hmm. since, again, a lot of this outrage is very selective. If you look at the, the kind of targeted campaigns, they usually go after people who don't play ball. And when they don't play ball, they're like, okay, we got this on them. We got that on them. We could release this. We could accuse them of this. Now, Operation Destroy This Politician Who's Not Playing Ball. You know, you can look up uh, the date of when everything came down on Andrew Cuomo. And about a week before that, he had praised Donald Trump for his uh, COVID, handling of COVID. Wow. Within a week. Yeah. Which, is, which is pretty remarkable because I, what, what's so frustrating to me is like Cuomo should have been thrown out of office because of the elderly that were put uh, into the care homes with a bunch of positive patients. Uh, and that's not why. He was he was instead thrown out because he's Italian and he likes to, you know, grab a little bit too much of, of both men and women. Uh, but he doesn't discriminate. He grabs all of them. He grabs I, everything. It, it hangs, it grabs. It's internal. <laughs> he grabs it. He does. He's not a discriminator. He's a very happy, jolly guy that has e- sticky hands. Equal opportunity perverts. He's uh, an Italian man. My, my, my stepdad's from New York, so I can kind of relate to that. They are, they are very, they're loquacious. They're very uh, handsy. So, you know, maybe... Maybe, maybe he's not guilty of that. But he, you know what he is guilty of is uh, a lot a lot of misdeeds when it came to the response to that entire era. And it's very frustrating that instead of him paying a price for that, he, he steps down and now he's going to now slot himself in to be the mayor of New York City. It's just New York politics in a nutshell. Yeah, that guy's a top gangster. I mean, what he did to elderly families, what he did to people who were just shoved into nursing homes under those current circumstances when there was... there there. there there was literal huge naval ships that were mm-hmm. entire hospitals that were on the shore of New York City. Uh, Freaking that huge park, Central Park, was literally set off as a mobile hospital, right? They, they had everything ready. They, they could have said, hey, okay, you're sick. You got some symptoms. Yeah, just go here so you don't kind of hurt other people. No, straight to the nursing homes, a part of, of what I think was a larger kind of... Yeah, you know, we're still here on YouTube, but but <laughs> if there was a government that was deliberately trying to off its own people, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be doing anything different than what the governor of New York did in 2020. I'll just leave it at that. As of course, we also have new footage coming from the southern border showing people entering the United States. Now, I don't think there's any commentary here, but what you see is a hole that has been made in the border fence and one gentleman who does not cross into the United States. And there's border protection, just, uh, you know, scratching their butts, watching. And the one masked man who <laughs> probably was orchestrating and organizing the whole thing just shrugs into the camera like, what are you going to do about it, buddy? As the fence has been torn down in a significant way. And people were just allowed to run in and border security is just kind of standing there with their hands in their pockets. This kind of reminds me to what we saw during the, the summer of peace and love with um, what CNN described as mostly peaceful uh, and fiery demonstrations during the BLM summer of love, where you saw New York City police officers literally kind of stand around as people were able to do whatever they wanted to to the local businesses as they were looting, breaking store windows, and just taking whatever they wanted to do with police officers literally saying, yeah, we're just going to walk the other way. We don't see anything here. Don't worry about it. That same kind of approach is now being instituted by border control that isn't just looking the other way here, isn't saying, hey, 
please stop doing this, but but also lending a helping hand saying, yeah, come on in. Hey, there's uh, some barbed wire here. Let's, we'll help you. Don't worry. Just come on in. We don't know who you are. We don't know what you're doing. We don't know what's going on. And then, of course, people who legally want to enter the United States, they're like, uh, yeah, you're screwed. Good luck. Not, not going to happen. That, to me, is just a system, especially with the welfare systems that we have in place in places like New York and California, a system designated for failure. How else do you describe it? How else can you kind of justify these larger policies that clearly are meant to to suck up as much wealth, as much interest for the American people away from them than what they're doing right now? What would they be doing differently if they weren't trying to sabotage America um, with these kind of policies? Well, a couple of things. Uh, First of all, Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution says that uh, the only duty of the federal government when it comes to militias, military, that sort of thing, is to defend the states from invasion. So to have, like, Texas militia there guarding the borders is a defense from invasion at this point because we can't can't sugarcoat this. This is an invasion. This is a structured invasion. They just had a line of Chinese with suitcases like they just got off an airport like like off an airplane standing there waiting to come in so this is i I don't know who's paying for it i guess who's paying for it but uh you're telling you're telling me that five million people coming across the border undocumented is an invasion i know i'm a conspiracy theorist (laughs) well i mean it's just so frustrating because like the average invasion from an army is maybe a hundred thousand two hundred thousand troops we're talking five, six, seven million. We don't even really know the numbers, obviously, because this is all you know a black market operation, or at least gray market. So it could be upwards of ten million people. But then Russia goes into Ukraine with a hundred thousand troops, and it's like, well, that's clearly an invasion. Mm-hmm. Five to ten million undocumented immigrants. Nope, not not an not an invasion at all. Yeah, we we talked about this yesterday specifically with what uh, U.S. Representative Dick Durbin was kind of putting out there, saying, mm-hmm. hey. Let's just enlist this guy, these guys into the military. They're all fighting age men. Oh, the recruitment numbers are low. And a lot of people have been kind of speculating, well, maybe this was the plan all along, as there is a population crash in the Western world. And we are going to be dealing with some significant problems because people aren't having enough babies and children. That's a real problem. But the establishment likes to tell everyone, hey, stop having children. It's bad for the weather, which is absolutely insane and <laughs> yes, absolutely freaking ridiculous so um I, I don't know if you saw that uh, josie and what your thoughts are on uh, the u.s representative dick durbin making those specific statements do you think there might be some kind of real legitimate concern and interest for america or do you think they're just doing whatever they want trying to destroy it as much and as fast as they can I always thought that could have been a possibility. What they were doing is because they uh, we have a depleted military because they gouged it when it came to... Um, and they fired a whole bunch of people yeah. for not following a rushed experimental medical procedure that they were mm-hmm. extorting them to take. I'll just leave it at that. Exactly. Yeah. But how much loyalty to the Constitution can these people have coming through our border? Because that's... That you take you take an oath, right? When you become military to the Constitution. So are they, re- they going to be willing to... If if our government attacks us, are they going to be willing to fight for the people? Or are they going to be willing to go, like, I'm sure they'll be willing to go overseas, but are they going to, wh- what's their limit? Like, if the government says, okay, you need to attack your neighbor, you need to raid your neighbor, like, they have no oath to the Constitution. They don't care. Well, and the truth is, I mean, it, they'll they'll probably do it because they want citizen, citizenship, but it, it ultimately amounts to mercenary type mm-hmm. behavior. You know, like, you're, you're being offered citizenship to go fight in 
Iran or whatever their next plan is. Uh, I actually, I had Tommy Robinson on Liberty Lockdown today. It'll come out after this show ends. And it was a fascinating conversation. It ultimately convinced me personally that the fact that this is happening to the UK, it's been happening for you know 20 years or, or however long. Um, and the fact that he has been labeled an enemy of the state for discussing it. Uh, and, and now we're seeing the exact same phenomenon domestically. We're seeing it in most you know, Western European nations, uh, I find it very hard to believe that this is not a, a orchestrated plan. And, you know, there's lots of lots of theories as to the to the why. But regardless, it is it, it ultimately amounts to anarcho tyranny. You have you have people in these in these states in Texas that would like to stop this invasion. They are being halted from defending their own country, whereas the actual border guards are being instructed to assist the people in the process of the invasion. Yeah. I understand some of the fears when it comes to maybe loyalty of the U.S. military if there's going to be you know, a huge influx of migrants that have to sign up now in order to get U.S. citizenship. Uh, but, but a couple of things to, to counter that. There have been previous programs like this that have been instituted. I think the Civil War maybe even. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, more importantly... Um, the U.S. military, even recently, especially as we saw during the George W. Bush years under Hurricane Katrina, they'll take the orders no matter if they're migrants or not migrants. They will illegally come around, round up your ability to defend yourself, violate the Constitution. And even if it's not a whole military filled with migrants, I don't think it matters. I think they're order followers, and I think they're going to be following some of the most craziest orders that you can't even fathom, you can't even imagine. I come from more of the kind of Michael Malice theory and thought on this, and he says something to the extent of you cannot imagine the atrocities and horrors that police officers and authority figures and military men are able, willing, and are, and are very close to committing just because they were given an order to do it. So I think that's something that we need to realize here. And to me, it's kind of a, a more of a mute point because I already see from, especially what we saw in Katrina, which was absolutely horrible. If you guys remember, what happened in Katrina was absolutely crazy, absolute mayhem. And and police officers were like, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll round up all the people who have uh, these defensive tools that we have on a list. Yeah, we'll take it away from them because this is for the better good of everybody. So they already did that. Um, they're going to do that regardless, in my opinion, if it's if it's even an army filled with migrants or non-migrants. Well, I mean, you brought up the fact that the last time we saw this or one of the other times we've seen this where you gave citizenship to uh, you know military participants or people that were willing to enlist was the Civil war uh, that's not exactly comforting you know like i i don't i don't want to have i mean what we've witnessed over the past three years uh, very starkly was most of uh, some of the most patriotic uh most stand-up members of our military have been purged from that system and now you're going to replenish it with people who don't have the allegiance towards the american people that they did yeah. clearly those people did. what if it's the power establishment not preparing for a war with russia or china what if they're preparing for a war here domestically inside of the united states and they want to make sure the local population loses yeah. what better way to do that than of course bring in all the fighting age males and then enlist them in the u.s military and uh, then when there is as many people prophesize and as many people are even preparing a larger temple can now take a shot <laughs> civil conflict <laughs> unfolding here inside of the United States that now, of course, has an overwhelming huge amount of people fighting on one side and a depleting uh, population and uh, people who aren't having enough children on the other side who, of course, were um, the, the current population here as of right now. So that's something that's also kind of uh, hypothesized. And I'm not saying it's happening, but 
with with just how strange this entire situation is, every hypothesis I think is worth considering. Well, something uh, to watch for is uh, A.G. Paxton. You know, they had they had a coup against him and try to get him out because he has a 77 percent win record against the Biden regime when it comes to them doing unconstitutional things. He just had another win when it came to the border. I didn't get to read the article. I just saw it came out today. Um, I don't know if it was about the buoys. I'm, I'm not sure. But he had another win today, which is great. What's alarming about a civil war uh, happening in our country is that the they they abide by the Constitution when they want to and then they violate it when they don't want to. One of the articles states that um, the the regime has the right to call up the militias in order to fight for them. And we kind of saw that a little bit during J6 when they called up the National Guard and from the different states and stuck them on a parking garage to give us the illusion that there was an active threat that really didn't exist. But um, the idea, because militias are to defend the states, okay? So if, if there was some sort of war, we'd like to know that the militias in Florida would defend Florida and the militias in Texas would defend Texas, but there's a chance that the Biden regime could call up these militias to fight for them, which is which is just alarming and would be the end of it. And it does kind of make sense when you look at the larger kind of policies instituted by this Biden administration that are bifurcating, that are dividing society amongst the left and the right, amongst people's races, amongst people's genders, because there is a larger divide and conquer agenda out there. And what better way to solidify your chances in an upcoming civil conflict that you're engineering in the first place than rushing in a whole bunch of people that are going to be fighting on your side for American citizenship, fighting other Americans. Again, that would be the worst possible case scenario that, again, we're just kind of entertaining the possibility of here as uh, anything and everything is, is possible here. And we asked the question earlier, how are they going to be paying for all these migrants? Well, this is one way, as of course, we have another article here by the Daily Mail that reads, California retailers that refuse to have gender neutral toys for children will be fined up to $500 under new ultra-woke Gavin Newsom law no. after uproar over LGBT toys sold during Pride Week. So how are you going to pay for all these illegal immigrants and all this uh, welfare and all these social programs? You simply just fine and take away money from individuals who won't bow down and take a knee to the woke ESG score agenda. And um, this is just what California is doing. New York has instituted very similar laws, and so do other very democratic governments all around the United States, which is absolutely wild. Whoa, 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 whoa. Luke, I was reliably told that a Barbie is a gender-neutral toy. <laughs> so what, what does this mean? Are you mean? assuming Barbie's gender? It, it depends that... if Clint's playing with it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so what does that mean? They have to bring in, like, trans Barbies? Like, I mean, what's the... What, I mean, Ken already doesn't have a, you know what. Uh, yeah, so I don't true. know. How much more gender neutral can yeah. Ken get? Yeah, Ken, I, Ken, Ken is the original Bruce Jenner. Like I would argue. Are, do they have to do away with pink and blue? Like I'm just trying to. It sounds like a way just to, to a gotcha. Like there's there's no terms. There's no. Yeah. Well, this is coming from a 2001 bill that was pushed on by Gavin Newsom that will be enacted January 1st, 2024. Jeez. And major retailers will have to comply with this. And of course, it's California. California has all the craziest, most ridiculous laws and rules and regulations that make life there totally unsustainable. So uh, doesn't surprise me as, of course, a lot of places will face civil penalties as a lot of this is against people's religion. A lot of it is against people's personal beliefs. I don't want to be forced to, to push this doctrine onto children, but now in California, you have to, or the state is going to take away your money at gunpoint, which well, is 
which is just theft. What's what's so infuriating to me is that this this is all uh, part of the precedent that was allowed under the COVID regime, where the lockdowns basically uh, were dictating what businesses were allowed to do in a way that they had never been allowed to before. And because of that precedent, many the entrepreneurs that survived that period, which, by the way, is not many, a huge percentage of the small businesses are now gone from California. I'm one of them. Hello. Um, but if there is market demand for these gender neutral toys, you don't need to mandate it. You don't need to do that. And if you're having to mandate it, it probably means there isn't a market demand. This is not even necessarily about the principles of the retailer. It's about supply and demand and whether or not this is economically viable. So once again, anytime you have the government intervening to set supply and demand issues, you end up creating problems. And and it's just it's infuriating that, you know, he he debated Gavin or excuse me, he, he debated uh, Ron DeSantis just a week ago. And he's he's trying to brag about how how incredibly high the GDP of California is and the innovation, the patents, and da 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 da. da. And it's like, yeah, but it's it's a totalitarian re- regime in California. It is the only reason that they have such a high GDP is because so many of these multinational uh, conglomerations are are stationed there. It, for a small business in California, it is just a a wake of destruction. It's. Oh, it's atrocious yeah. for the people that have yeah. actually well, tried now, to build a life there. Yeah, now it's Pride Month every month in yeah. California right. as uh, Lego actually issued a statement after this law was first kind of introduced in 2021. It's going to be officially implemented in just a few days from now. But Lego said that the company is going to be making sure that their toys are, quote, more inclusive for girls. Now, how do you make Legos more inclusive for girls? Is of course... Boys are kind of natural engineers. They like to build, and, and girls like to play with dolls. How in the world do you do that? Um, Princess Peach. You got to team up with uh, uh, Mario and do the Princess Peach. That, that was a horrible movie, by oh, the way. Me, I remember watching it with Tim, and me and Tim both having the same take on it. And then uh, Tim's uh, significant other was like, I thought, and they were like, no, 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 no. That was straight up girl boss propaganda. That is not avoidable freaking anywhere anymore. And this is what a lot of people have fears, especially when it comes to, to GTA. But but sorry, I, I cut you off. But that was that was a horrible, horrible movie. I was going to say this Halloween, I didn't see any other costumes on any other little girls or mothers for that in for that that were uh were not princess peach it was princess peach was everywhere interesting um i haven't seen that yet i'm supposed to watch it with my daughter have not seen it yet um you're not missing much yeah Uh, i just wanted to add on what clint said um i was a neuromuscular therapist for 10 years before i really did the roadhead libertarian and i was up in massachusetts and um they closed all the businesses in massachusetts and then they had it tiered opening and given i was a neuromuscular therapist and i worked directly with human beings um my tier wouldn't open until like the sixth or seventh tier of opening. So my business went under. I, I couldn't work up there. But now I uh, am a blue state refugee here in Florida. Well, I think yeah. a lot a lot of us are. I'm uh-huh. from New York City. Clint's yeah. from California. Yeah. You're from uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. Com- Steph's the Com- only one who uh, is from, of course, um, this former blue enclave that now is uh, a red city well mm-hmm. I, I think it's hilarious too because a lot of the local floridians look at us migrants and they're like don't you dare tur- turn this blue it's like we turned it more red calm down <laughs> we're here because of communism yeah. we're like the cubans for god's sakes we're not going to turn this democratic i think it, I, I could be wrong i think it was scott pressler but I, I could be wrong about that i adore him but um i think he said that they did some sort of survey with everybody all the people 
the influx of people into Florida. And it's something like 99% were red voters. Mm -hmm. Like nobody came here to vote more blue. They all got out of their states because their states didn't represent their values anymore. I met met a local Miami person uh, a couple of days ago and she was like, oh, you're from New York. I'm like, damn right I am. This is my home. <laughs> this is this is the city that we built, we made. The reason why things get done here is because of the New Yorkers. And she's like, no, 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 senor. I'm like, yes, yes. And I told her, I refuse to speak a Spanish here. I'm not speaking any Spanish. You're on my schedule. You guys are always late. Okay, We build everything here. We build the roads. We build the buildings. We make things happen in this city. And the city wouldn't be as wonderful as it was for the New Yorkers coming here infiltrating it and making it ours. It's no longer Miami. It's New York City 2.0 without the communism and nonsense bull crap that all you guys were okay with a few few freaking years ago. New Yorkers made Miami what it is right now, and I pat myself on the back for being a part of that myself. I am so inspired right now. She was pretty offended, though. She was not happy, but whatever. Uh, Luke, did you play with Legos as a kid? Were you building up those buildings over there in New York? (laughs) Let Let me circle back to that real quick, because this goes back to the exact same point I was making earlier. If there is a market for feminized Legos, then it would already exist. You don't need to mandate this nonsense. It's absurd. What are you going to do? I mean, the, the Legos come pre-made. As, as right? a mother. As a mother. I've seen pink ones. And I used to play Legos all the time as a kid and Barbie too. Yeah, I, I, the, the, the women Legos are already done. I want to no lay way into this as like, a mother. There are pink Legos. They're the big ones. And I can't remember what they're called now. They're huge. They're like this. Oh, the and they are, ones. Yes, they are pink and they are purple. And they have the red and the blue set for the boys and the pink and the purple set for the girls. So my girls had the pink and the purple set because today I'm raising a pilot, an engineer and a pediatrician. So my kids went in to want to do more of that sort of stuff as opposed to... You, you hear this, Clint? The women need the huge Legos because yes. they can't handle they the little ones. They don't have the... They need the special lead ones. To be fair. You don't know anything. Those jumbo <laughs> Legos are awesome. Awesome. The toddlers require the big Legos because they will choke on the little Legos. Oh, is that why? Yes, uh-huh. that's no, why. No, 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 mm-hmm. I will die on that hill. The, the pink and purple ones are big because <laughs> girls don't know how to use them without choking. That's the truth. Okay. Uh, All right. Fair. I'm just kidding. Here's the reality. If you have a little girl who has an engineering mind, which it does it does mm-hmm. exist, obviously. Rarely. She, it, it, Statistically. Extraordinarily rare. rare. It's mm-hmm. basically an anomaly. Yes. But if it does exist, they're not going to look at them and go, oh, these are red and blue and yellow i'm not gonna play with them unless they're pink and, and this once again it plays in the gender stereotypes which mm-hmm. is the most hilarious thing about it because we're supposed to be doing gender neutral but the only way it can appeal to women is if it's pink <laughs> so is it gender neutral or is it not sorry i gotta say my, my youngest daughter she's she's a genius and she well i say she's a genius she's uh she's gifted but she Everything she does is like very scientific and she just has this amazing mind. She has like a photographic memory. She can do all this math stuff and she does it all in a princess dress. All of it. Gangster. So she so she crosses she 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 crosses the gender barrier there with having like I guess it would be considered a male mind, but dresses like a princess. And there's nothing wrong with that. There, no. There's a lot of comments here from the Rumble chat chat that are pretty spicy that uh, we can't read here on this particular platform. But in related failed government news and children who weren't raised right, we of course have this coming also from California, the great home of Clint Russell. (laughs) As the governor there, Gavin Newsom, just announced that he is going to be canceling the Christmas tree lighting at the state capitol because of an alleged pro 
Palestinian demonstration that, of course, was meant to happen during that event. As now, the ceremony will be held remotely and Gavin Newsom's office will post a, quote, recording of the event. Now, is this bowing down to the woke mob? Is this dealing with a legitimate threat? Or is this a decision that you guys like or dislike personally? I'll tell you exactly what it is. So so, um, you have the freedom to protest peacefully. However, the state has the right to regulate that with a permit. And if they didn't offer the permit, if they didn't grant the permit for this protest, then they can break it up and send it away because it's they, they have the power to do that. If they wanted to do that, they could do that. Instead, they choose to cancel the Christian event. So so I think that that just speaks to everything that we've kind of already personal, known that's happening. Personal angle on this. One, I don't think that the state should ever have the right to dictate via permit or otherwise uh, whether or not I'm I agree a- with able that. to peacefully assemble. However, I think it has nothing to do with uh, you know going against the Christians or anything like that. It's that Gavin Newsom's running for president, and he doesn't want the optics of there potentially being a conflict between Christians and these pro-Palestine protesters. I think that's all this is, is that he's trying to uh, make his state look as functional as possible as it completely melts beneath his feet. That's my guess. It's a war on Christmas. (laughs) They're going after Santa Claus. Target has launched the first strikes by making him black and disabled, which is like (laughs) messed up in the first place. The Nutcracker's doing more than cracking nuts now. And I I think this is um, something that I I think I agree with you more, uh, Clint, um, on this particular issue because um, it does kind of make more sense optically as there was um, a Palestinian protest at the tree lighting ceremony in New York City, a protest that got a little bit out of hand. There was a little bit of shoving, nothing too crazy, nothing too wild. It wasn't uh, very peaceful like CNN would describe it. Uh, but, but you know, they, they weren't nice optics. We are seeing a, a kind of larger clash, especially around the issues happening now in the Middle East with a lot of the left and a lot of the right kind of bifurcating in their usual support ways where they're now fighting each other more than they used to have before. So it, it does kind of make more sense as, of course, he just had this big debate with uh, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, and uh, Biden. He's not looking too good. He's not looking too healthy. And uh, if it's going to be anybody that's going to re- be replacing him, it is going to be Gavin Newsom. So well, shout out to Josie because she called this in January of 24, right? No, 20. 23, I excuse me. 23 on Timcast IRL. Yep. I said Gavin Newsom would be running for president and it's going to be against... Ron DeSantis, that's what they that's the matchup they want to see. Yeah. Well you sure. nailed it because they actually debated, even though one of them's not even running for president. Yep. And the other one's got no shot at the nomination. Mm-hmm. But regardless, they're still trying to force feed it to him. Did well, you guys I, watch that debate or no? I oh did. yeah. Yep. I watched what it. What did you guys think of it? I, I I didn't get a chance oh. to watch it. What did you guys think? Who who oh. won that one? Ron Ron DeSantis handedly won that. Um all of the graphs were on his side, all of the facts were on his side. Um the thing is, I'm pretty sure he's autistic. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, so he couldn't really read social cues. He, he would get like a little flustered at times, but and could, Gavin Newsom just kept doubling down on the same talking points and bringing up like fake facts. And then immediately Hannity would bring up this graph and say, actually, that's not it at all. Here's a graph. And it's from like an objective or even a left-leaning source, yeah, like USA like Today. or USA yeah. Today. Yeah. yeah. And all these graphs were not trying to help 
Ron DeSantis, but then he'd just go back and he'd double down on, on his fake stats and, you know, but he had more charisma and charisma yes. wins elections. Yeah. I, yeah. I talked to Gavin Newsom and I was like, do you feel any, uh, you know, remorse uh, for ruining the lives of the citizens that lived under your rule when you were going off to these private dinners? Essentially, that's what I kind of asked him. And he kind of blurted out this crazy fake statistic that had no merit in reality. And he, he like, uh, I don't know if he believed in himself or he was just trying to get other people to believe, but he said it pretty convincing. And I'm like, this dude's crazy. This mm-hmm. dude um, is, is, yes. is someone who doesn't have it all there to have a lot of humanity in, in himself and is truly someone who is looking for more power for himself. And yes. I think that's, that's clear as day. C- crystal clear. Yeah. I mean, this guy is failing his way up. He was the mayor of San Francisco. Then he became the governor of California. He destroyed San Francisco. He destroyed California. Now he wants to be the president of the United States and destroy the only thing I have left, Gavin. <laughs> You've destroyed everything. I used to love San Francisco. It was such a beautiful little city. Uh, and then you it, you go there now and it's like, it's like Mad Max. It's atrocious. The rest of California is now com- almost completely unlivable because of this guy's reign of absolute terror and now he gets up there and he just lies through his effing teeth saying Mm -hmm. that California is the land of the free and Florida is the land of tyranny under Ron DeSantis. I fled California because of his tyranny. It was a gaslighting marathon. I thought I was losing my effing mind. I'm sorry. I had to get that off my chest. America, do not vote for Gavin Newsom. Mm -hmm. He is Satan incarnate. He will destroy everything you love. He makes my skin crawl. He looks like he hurts puppies. Like he, he looks like oh, every really? villain in every movie where the animals talk and then the animals rise up and like, overcome. If they were made 101 Dalmatians, like mm-hmm. he could play Cruella. Yes. Oh, absolutely. He just, he makes my skin crawl. Like ugh. definitely, definitely <laughs> he, a sociopath. He's such a nightmare. He's so slimy. And, and, and what was killing me about DeSantis is like DeSantis has all of the facts on his side and he's like, he's laying it out politely and he's doing this like, kind of you know feigned grimace smile but it's like just go after this dude he's <laughs> such a scumbag and he just won't do it and i think that was my biggest frustration i do agree with josie's assessment obviously desantis won because he has the facts on his side but it just was like man just hammer this dude for the sake of america for the sake of human liberty on earth crush him please and it didn't happen yeah what was interesting is newsom kept bringing up how DeSantis had closed the state for like three weeks. And and in that time he was researching what was going on. And then he's like, all right, this is not a threat. We're opening everything back up again. You know, he wanted to make sure we weren't all going to die. Found out we weren't open everything back up. But Gavin Newsom was going after him about this. Like he closed everything down for years like he did. And like, that was a bad thing that DeSantis did, like comparing his record to his own record. It it was wild. He said he actually said so much gaslighting. He actually said that early on DeSantis was following the science and, and he was saying that basically the, because he stopped three weeks in, millions of, of people died that wouldn't have. It was just, it was such but then, an inversion But then they pulled up these two graphs and it showed the deaths. And the deaths in Florida and the deaths in California per capita were exactly the same with Florida having, we are God's waiting room. People come here to die. There is, it is elderly people that live here. And we still had, and, and I mean, I would say California has youth on its side, yeah. but it was the same deaths. Per capita. With with some of the most vicious lockdowns in the entire country. Mm-hmm. And they matched Florida, which has like an average uh, age of 75 or something. Yes. It's unbelievable. Everybody's old. And so, and, and COVID attacked old people more than it attacked young people. So a lot of young people likely unnecessarily lost their lives. 
And they don't know how to drive. And a lot of them drive here on the highway. And oh, they're my absolutely God. That's just a fact. Crazy yes. individuals. Uh, but uh, it does seem like Newsom is kind of trying to position himself into a, a position of power as Biden just recently released another statement today that kind of shows you that his heart is not really in it. And he's kind of being forced to do this in a weird ideology that he just exemplified by saying that he is not sure if he would seek re-election if Trump was not running. Yes, you heard that correctly. Joe Biden said this Tuesday that he would have skipped going for re-election if he was not facing Donald Trump. As he says, Donald Trump poses a, quote, unique threat to the country that he wants to personally handle himself. I mean, look at that face that has been stretched so much by plastic surgery. Look at this poor sock puppet. Look at this poor flesh suit of a man that clearly is not right. Clearly he is senile. He is crazy. He has lost his mind and he is just a vessel for the globalist class that has their fist up inside him elbow deep. Elbow deep inside of the Biden administration, right in there, just using his mouth in order to, to just puppeteer these bid, build back better policies that have screwed you over. And and truly, if, if he did, let's just be honest here. Let's just talk about strategically. He has failed on so many different levels. He has screwed over the American people. He has implemented some of the most unpopular policies that... People couldn't even imagine becoming laws and policy in this country. And for him to say, I need to step up to go after Donald Trump is ridiculous because it, it's fair to say, and, and the polls even suggest this, if Donald Trump was running up against anyone else, it wouldn't be as much of a landslide as it is now with him running against the current president of the United States. So clearly what he had, what he said here has no merit in reality and clearly if he really wants to take down Donald Trump, if he really doesn't want him to become the next president of the United States, he would back out of this election. He's saying he's not going to do that. So what is going to be the puppeteer's plan here as it looks like they're absolutely failing and going to lose this upcoming election? That's something that I think is worth paying attention to myself. But what do you guys think of the latest comments from uh, good old yeller Joe Biden? I think the writing's on the wall. Um, I think he said the quiet part out loud. I think he's saying, okay, well, if Donald Trump's running, then I'm running. So if they get Donald Trump in prison for 700 years, then Biden's not going to run. And that means there's the people who don't like Biden, the people that don't like Trump are all happy because we're going to have who? Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis will be the the chosen ones for this. I still think Vivek has a real shot if, if Trump ends up actually being removed from the ballot. I think the vast majority of his base goes to Vivek, not to DeSantis. What I agree. Okay. I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, I just... Um, well, Vivek was the only one who said that he would actually pardon Donald Trump. Yeah. And DeSantis kind of fl uh, floundered on that specific answer and yeah. wasn't really clear when he was supposed to raise his hand or not and was kind of like, uh, maybe, and then gives these long-winded political answers about it yeah. mm -hmm. instead of giving a clear yes, like Vivek said, because yeah. it's, it's clear. Again, we've been critical of the former president of the United States, but his prosecution here is absolutely unjust and is absolutely targeted to stop him and deny him the mm -hmm. ability to run as the next president of the United States in a fair election, which already is being skewed in a very unfavorable way for him. 
Yeah, well, and and it was skewed dramatically with Hunter Biden's laptop and the lead up, not to mention the speech suppression of people that were concerned about election integrity, integrity post uh, November of 2019. It, it's very, it's devastating that uh, that his supporters have been treated so so brutally. And to be honest, Trump hasn't really stepped up for them in the way that I would have liked to have seen. But um, it, it does seem to me like like if if. Trump is removed from the ballot. I like Vivek as the favorite to take the nomination in the GOP. Uh, I think that New Hampshire is going to tell us a lot, uh, and that's not too far away, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, there are several amendment violations against Donald Trump. Like, yeah. I, I mean, his his first, his fourth, his fifth, his sixth, his eighth, his uh, his ninth. But, but what's really key is the sixth, the Sixth Amendment violation. So you have eight entitlements under the Sixth Amendment. You have the right to transparency and timeliness in your trial. You have the right to an impartial jury where you're charged and for that district to be alerted. And then you have the right to know your charges, face your accuser, gather your own witnesses and have an attorney. And there, he's not allowed to do a lot of that. He's his not. attorneys have been prosecuted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so they're prosecuting his attorneys. They're not allowing him to face his witnesses. They're not allowing him to gather his own evidence. He, even when he has evidence to present... He was going to present something that said, you know, in, in this contract, I didn't do anything wrong and they wouldn't let him read it. So so there's just several violations. And so um, this is all going to, whatever way this goes, in order to incarcerate Donald Trump, they'd have to incarcerate a secret service with him. And that would mean locking up innocent men for doing nothing. So they'd have to essentially build an entire wing of a, of, of a prison somewhere or put him on house arrest at Mar-a-Lago. Hey, so. he's, not, he's not Jeffrey Epstein, all right? Jeffrey Epstein only gets to do that himself. He's the only uh, one that gets work release. Yeah, yeah. Not only work release, uh, he built his own section of, of a prison. Uh-huh. And then he had uh, a program where he was able to run around with small children during the day out in the open in public <laughs> with his own private hired security. Unreal. And then allegedly he came back and slept at the jail. But there's even reports of uh, many people saying he didn't even dare or, or bother to even come back. So uh, that shows you how fair the justice system is. And I don't trust this justice system when it comes to, of course, offering up what is it now, 750 plus years for the former president of the United States. That is absolutely uh, not just. That is absolutely uh, uh, an entire system that is extremely scared of the larger ramifications of what is going to be happening when he does become the next president of the United States, as it looks like he has a path for a clear victory here. And a lot of the polls aren't budging. A lot of the contenders, they're still way down here. He's way up there. And because of this, a lot of people believe that there's going to be a lot of tumultuous problems mm-hmm. coming up during this election cycle. As of course, we, yes. Yeah. As of course, we have this main article here from uh, the Daily Mail that we made the theme of for this video talking about how younger Americans are fearing the 2024 elections could spark. Tim, take another shot. Civil war as they are preparing for, quote, disaster as 40% of Gen Zers have spent money on doomsday preparations. A new survey finds, I think it's fair to say that a lot of these younger Americans are probably right-leaning, more conservative, more Republican-like candidates who are seeing the writing on the walls with a lot of political prisoners, a lot of prosecution, a lot of heavy-handed approaches by the state right now trying to stop Donald Trump. And are they wrong for preparing for the worst, in my opinion? 
Nope. <laughs> as of course, uh, we are heading down a very tumultuous path as a lot of people are afraid of what the system's going to do. And let's be honest here, a lot of people are afraid of what the former president of the United States is going to do when he becomes the next president of the United States. So you have high levels of fear. You have this political pendulum swinging back and forth very aggressively to one side. It's going to come back the other side. And when it does, there's going to be some uh, ramifications to face for the clear, heavy-handed approach that the state has made here. So um, what do you guys think? Do you, do, are these guys in the right for preparing, or is this something that has been a, a larger characterization of, of kind of fear-mongering and propaganda that we've been dealing with? I, I think it, it's, it goes kind of deep. So Donald Trump's cases in the states are falling apart, um, and which, which was kind of predicted to begin with in the first place. Because they're bullshit. Yeah, so if any of them goes through... What'll happen is it's going to go to the Supreme Court, who's going to who's going to strike it down and say this is unconstitutional. And same thing with the J6ers. And this is the intention. They knew this would happen. They want this to happen because as soon as that happens, they're going to say, see, these are Trump justices. Trump packed the court with his own justices. And the only oh, way have we have to pack the court now. And as soon as they pack the court with their justices, we're going to they, they do probably 16 and uh, and keeping what we have now. Um, and so they they'd add, add seven, seven wow. Sotomayors. Ugh. Yes, that's what they would do. And she as sounds soon as very that reasonable. Happens, <laughs> yep. And she's also a part of uh, the Bohemian Grove. I think it's her, right? Yeah, she's a part of the female Bohemian Grove society. Mm -hmm. um, well, oh, sorry, it, go ahead. I mean, it doesn't have to just be Sotomayor. We could get Katanji Brown Jackson, who oh, doesn't yes. know what a woman is. So exactly. So, so as soon as that happens, that the the Supreme Court's the last institution keeping our keeping our country together. They're they're it. They're the last one. And as soon as they're gone. Everything's gone. It's it's gone. Uh, I've got to take this a, a different direction briefly. Are, sorry, are you? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, I just wanted to mention that the the young people are absolutely right to be preparing for doomsday. Uh, it's not it's not necessarily that you can really prepare for doomsday because if it's truly doomsday, then there's nothing to prepare for. It's over. But if there is a huge crisis, it's very important that you be prepared. And I think that more and more people are realizing that our leadership is. Not not only not assisting us in that preparation process, but actually bringing it forward to, towards us. Um, so I'm I'm grateful to hear that so many young people are concerned. I hope that that means that there's a shift in what they are desiring and demanding from the political leadership that they're willing to vote for. And I hope that that means that they will start to consider third parties and and more dramatic action in that regard. And just one brief tangent that's really important. I'm very grateful that something like Bitcoin exists because I think that that particularly. So much of the wealth has been accumulated by the the elderly amongst us because they benefited from this 30, 40 year period of inflation through the real estate market, whereas the young people have been impoverished through that inflationary process. The, the one advantage that young people have is that they are more technologically savvy on average, and therefore m many more of them have bought into Bitcoin and, and are now benefiting financially from this most recent bull market. So that's the one thing that gives me hope is that as more and more young people realize that doomsday is not just about a nuclear apocalypse, but rather a financial met meltdown that is uh, totally avoidable, but ultimately now inevitable because we're ran by lunatics. I think that 
that is that is a reason for hope as opposed to despair, and I would encourage them to continue to prepare. Yeah, nukes are almost 90-year-old kind of technological advancements as right now. Uh, and I was talking about this today on my members' video specifically being like, you know, everyone's talking about the nukes, 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 and they don't understand the capabilities of the military-industrial complex that they have right now that we can't even fathom, that we can't even think of how disastrous they could be. I mean, earthquake uh, weapons, they probably already have it. The Russians are bragging about a tsunami weapon. They probably already have it. Creating hurricanes, creating natural disasters, going after infrastructure, all of that is possible, especially when you have sociopathic, crazy, neoconservative politicians that literally do occult-like sacrifices and different seances and different kind of weird demonic stuff. And as prepping something that's outrageous? No, it is something that I would highly recommend myself as looking into this finder survey. They detail specifically how nearly one third of all U.S. adults are preparing in some kind of way. And there has been a collective estimated $11 billion spent in the last 12 months on emergency preparedness as that number probably is going to be going up very soon. As again, it's not just sociopath uh, sociopathic, crazy, demonic worshiping politicians that you got to worry about. It's also natural disasters. It's also human disasters. It's also solar flares. Who knows what could happen in any moment and time. But just having uh, peace of mind, having uh, just, uh, just uh, a surety that you're prepared for whatever comes your way, that that peace of mind is absolutely worth it, especially when it comes to buying whatever you might need for your particular self. I got a doomsday RV during uh, 2020, uh, decked out with solar panels, decked out with generators. I had uh, my, you know heirloom seeds. I, I was ready. I went into the sticks. I started preparing. I, I had a special forces green beret friend that I befriended that taught me a lot of different things. And um, I stayed with a diesel car mechanic, Jane Yoon, who was teaching me how to work on trucks. I got a big balls Becky truck right now <laughs> in the front yard. And um, it, it truly was a big wake up call to just how, especially in 2020, just how fragile uh, the world is and just how in a matter of moments, everything could be slowly taken away from you. And the only thing you have that's going to be there for you is you yourself. The only person responsible for you during a moment of crisis is you yourself. Look at what happened during Hurricane Katrina. That right there, during the Bush years, shows you just how low, just how messed up, and just how evil the government could become. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think 2020 is, was a wake-up call for myself and millions of other Americans is that we realized that the government was not there to protect us, but rather it was more probable that they would be the, the ones that we had to flee eventually. Um, so that was the lesson I took. I, I ended up liquidating uh, almost my entire real estate portfolio and getting the hell out of there. I also diversified into Bitcoin and precious metals. And um, I sold my, sold my car, sold my house. Uh, it was it was very dramatic, and I think that uh, a lot of people. And then I also started to focus on you know personal self defense. And if you look at the charts of of ownership in that regard, it skyrocketed over the past three years. I think people, uh, even though they they like they're on, I think probably a majority of people are still largely asleep. I think that there's thirty to forty percent of this country that has w woken up and will never go back to sleep. Yeah, um, when I moved from Massachusetts to Florida, there was there was a lot of stuff happening. Uh, between the TQ agenda and between uh, COVID. And um, it, it wasn't livable anymore, and I was seeing it affect my children. Um, I had one child who was 
starting to get depressed. I had another child who had crippling anxiety from it. I had another child who was being set back. I found out they were keeping the windows open and negative 20 degrees because they were scared of the children giving them COVID in the schools. And it was just, it, it, it was just not a place I wanted to raise my children. And then they were coming for the the cities, okay? And the, you weren't allowed to eat in a restaurant in the cities if you weren't um, vaccinated after six years old. So so, so that was, I'm just like, this, this I, I don't want to raise my kids in a, in a state where they're not allowed to go in a restaurant. That's some civil rights level stuff. You, you don't want to raise your kids in a dystopic technocracy? No, wow. no. So, so it was incredible because everybody up there was all masked and all vaccinated and boosted and all that. And, you know, it was hard because my whole family's up there. I spent my life up there. Took my family, left, came to Florida. It was a new world. It was, a, it was like, it was like walking and not even a new world. It was the old world. Exactly. It was like exactly. walking into 2019 and nobody was wearing a mask and everybody was happy and like just living their lives. And it, and it, it, it took me a while to almost adjust to that, uh, not have to like find a mask to leave my house, you know? And so that's, that's where the future is. The future is in strong states rights because the, the states like Massachusetts and New York or California, they're lost. You're not going to win them back. No matter what you do, they've screwed up the voting so much. It's just not going to win them back. Yeah, so. I, think, I think the future is mm-hmm. with responsible individuals. I think it's yep. the, the future is with individuals saying, okay, I'm going to take my life into my own hands mm-hmm. and I'm not going to depend on the system that is thriving and making me suffer off of my ignorance. I'm not going to be ignorant no more about the larger agenda that is really out there to screw me over, take away my health and my wealth away from me. F that. I'm not going to be a part of that system. And the best way to do that is even on a small level. Get a raised bed. Get some seeds from food that you eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, get some chickens. Get, you know, a little bit of a, a water filtration system. And even if you don't have a water filtration system, you could actually even make one yourself with charcoal and rocks and sand. There's different particular ways of, of actually becoming a prepper and survivor because I'm seeing a lot of people here comment here, oh, you know, this costs a lot of money. Of course, prepper supplies cost a lot of money. But specifically, when it comes to individuals being useful with themselves, the best asset you could have is your time. It's your resources where you spend learning a lot of these important skills yeah, that could skills be useful that are going to be a lot more important than you just going on a a prepper site and buying whatever they have there because that's not going to be helping you when let's just say hypothetically there's a solar flare (laughs) and you can't go on amazon and buy your prepper supplies anymore you're gonna have to be dependent on yourself and you know it's not about just being taken over by fear it's understanding that the world is very tumultuous historically we are seeing populations just being screwed over and over and over by the governments there and also by natural disasters. So I'm a big proponent of telling individuals, hey, prepare for the worst because the worst is coming. And, um, you know, you could live in a fairy tale land where you have your head in the sand and you got your buttocks up ready for anyone to take. But that's not the type of world that I choose to live in. That's not the type of world that I want to be living. I don't want my tuckus up there in the air laid bare for whoever wants to take it. I don't want that. That's not me. Okay. That's that's Clint, the way I live my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clint could, could you know, live on his own terms as Clint wants, but me, that's just not me. And a lot of times there's there are books you can buy, like a prepper book, and it's going to say, these are the safe plants to eat. These are not the safe plants to eat. Yeah. Here's how you make survival food that lasts 25 years. And and that's all, that's all you know, you spent 25 bucks on a book, and then you're able to, to learn how to better be a prepper, just by knowing the knowledge around you and just by just by knowing 
trees and bushes and right. recipes. Yeah. You, and don't, you don't have to put tens of thousands of dollars into this, if, especially if it's not at your disposal. It's just that if you have any resources, if you spend 50 or 100 bucks just to have some of what she was describing, that, that puts you ahead of the average person. So why not? Yeah, we created a little uh, prepper book for members of LukeUnfiltered.com. As of course, we had a masterclass that we sold. Now we just make it free for members of LukeUnfiltered.com where we have 50 nice. plus videos teaching people how to land navigate, how to build <laughs> the fire, Dakota fires, how to filter their own water, how to defend themselves, marksmanship training, you name it. We got it all available on lukeunfiltered.com, where, of course, also signing up guarantees your ability to call into the show as we are going to be taking phone calls in about 30 minutes on Rumble, where, of course, we will be moving this conversation and having more of an unfiltered one, getting into more spicy hot-button issues that we cannot get into on this particular platform. So we're going to be making the switch over to, of course, Rumble.com. Again, I don't know if we're up on the front page there yet, but if we're not, you could always just go to Rumble.com forward slash we are change. Uh, yes, we're here uh, available for everyone next to Glenn Greenwald, who is also live right now. So go over right now to rumble.com and we will be continuing the conversation before leaving YouTube. Josie, where can people find and support your work? You can go to x.com and find me at T-R-H-L official. And then you can go over to timcast.com, become a subscriber and help support our work. Clint. At Liberty Lockpod on Twitter, aka X, as she said, I've uh, got 113,000 of you over there. Thank you so much for uh, following me. If you want to subscribe over there, that's a great way to support my work. LibertyLockdown.locals.com. Uh, episode with Tommy Robinson drops at 9 p.m. tonight on Rumble. So if you could subscribe on Liberty Lockdown there, I'm currently suspended on YouTube, so I would appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that's it. On Instagram, at Steph, we are changing. That's it. Go over right now, rumble.com. It's that simple. Uh, anyone could spell it. Even Clint could spell it. Rumble.com. Go over there right now as the conversation will be continued and getting a little spicy and tumultuous. There's a lot of you guys here on YouTube. It's awesome to see people vote with their clicks, vote with their attention, vote with them just saying, you know what? I want to be where all the people who are fighting for me are going to be. And let's just be honest here. Rumble is that platform. A lot of you people don't like leaving YouTube for some reason. You guys are very convenient with uh, Ms. Wujinski over here sitting in our platform. <laughs> Mr. Pavlovsky over here has something else to offer you that is worth considering. Consider it on rumble.com. Start an account there. And we will, of course, be switching over right now as there is. A little bit of a delay, but we have been simulcasting on Rumble at the same time as there's a lot of different things to talk about when it comes to, of course, war with Russia. Also, when it comes to the latest allegations coming from the Middle East of sexual assault allegations from Hamas. And of course, there's also a lot of concepts and conversations around the transgender agenda. Which one of those three issues do you guys want to talk about? I'll leave it up for you guys. She wants to talk about the transgender agenda. I know that. All right, we got we got another video here from Nikki Haley, who came out on national corporate media. By the way, Nikki Haley is getting a lot of support from uh, a lot of the big establishment types, and uh, she's getting big Wall Street backing. It's it's interesting to see a lot of the big Wall Street guys kind of move away from uh, Ron DeSantis, all the way now to Nikki Haley. That is getting a lot and a lot of attention. And uh, this is what she had to say in Des Moines, Iowa, when she was interviewed by, of course, the corporate media. 
Secretary assigned female at birth. Uh, Madam Ambassador, another question is what care should be on the table when a 12-year-old child in this country assigned female at birth says, actually, I feel more comfortable living as a boy. What should the law allow the response to be? Well, I think the law should stay out of it, and I think parents should handle it. Yeah, that's her take. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> well, let me get started. Okay, so so this is child abuse, okay? Transing your child is child abuse. Hello there. Um, sorry, this, the, the dog came over. <laughs> All right, so transing your child is child abuse. And it, the, her saying the state should stay out of it, parents have the right to do it, is like, oh, well, you know, if you're if you're beating your kid, the state should stay out of that. You have the right to do what you do. It is that only only it's so much worse. So boys who are uh, given puberty blockers before they reach puberty, and this is what they try to do. That's what they try to push, and that's where a lot of children start their puberty blockers young, because it's going to make them transition more smoothly if they do it before puberty, because they only go through their one true puberty. Is the argument? However, this sterilizes little boys. Okay. Parents don't have the right to sterilize their little boys. Mm. Um, and, and I know Boston Children's was giving mastectomies, radical mastectomies to children as young as 13 years old. That is child abuse. Mm. <laughs> so, well, let, let me just say. And from, it gives them micro penises. Yes. Um, and, and Clint, do you want to talk about micro penises? Yeah, that's my specialty. So I can talk <laughs> about that intimately. Firsthand knowledge. Uh, no, I, the, the angle I want to take on it is that. Um, what, what's so infuriating about this is that this is the same woman who just said last week that if you have an anonymous account on the Internet, that's impermissible and that the government has to intervene to make sure that everybody has a, a personal profile that is their actual ID that's that's verified with the government to fucking speak on social media. That is within the government's purview, but chopping off kids' dicks is not. I, I wanna, what the fuck is wrong with this woman? She's out of her mind. I'm I, I, I want to add to this since we're on Rumble and I can be really graphic right now. So speaking of micro penises, so if a, if a boy gets a micro penis and from his puberty blockers that he started at eight years old and now he wants his surgery when he's 17, he's able to have this surgery to reverse that. Well, a lot of times the micro penis doesn't have enough skin and enough whatever to reverse it and stick it in and turn it into a front hole. So what happens is they have to go in and take a part of the colon, okay? Oh so they take a part of the colon from, from, from the kid and they stick it up there and they make that the, the front hole. And this colon still smells like a colon. Mm. All right. So now you have a front hole that smells like ass. Okay. And you still have to go in there. You still have to do that, um, that in, inserting the thing. What is it? Uh, dilating. dilating. You still have to go in there and dilate three times a, a day or whatever it is for a year uh, to make sure that your front hole doesn't close up with your colon smelling front hole. And a lot of times there's a high risk of sepsis with this. So in Canada, actually, uh, an 18 year old just died a couple months ago from having this procedure done because they got sepsis because they're intestines are not supposed their colon is not supposed to be out there it's 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 in your tummy for a reason it's not supposed to be in your front hole so we're having kids who are getting these shit smelling front holes because they started their puberty blockers too young and could not reverse their dick that's fucked i mean yeah. a lot of the stuff that that is happening especially with a, a lot of the children that later kind of regret mm -hmm. what they had to go through 
is just horror story after horror story of just uh, actual fucking like mutilation of, yes. of, of adults that no longer are able to be whole because they were fucking chopped up by some greedy doctor who wants to make a fucking buck off of these children who are going to be hooked on these medicines and puberty blockers and fucking hormones for the rest of their fucking lives. Yes. And it destroys their entire hormonal system, which is key and crucial to their overall health and well-being, and especially their mental health. And a lot of these people suffer a lot of mental health disorders. That's because the doctors are like, yeah, take some TRT or take some estrogen, which is fucked, especially when the child is being developed and their systems are now going to be hooked and dependent on this larger drug that essentially makes them eugenicize themselves, which is fucking crazy. Now, a lot of people here are making the argument that Nikki Haley is making the libertarian argument on chopping off kids' dicks while she's a fascist on almost everything else. Now, what do you guys make of this kind of argument that this is the libertarian take, that the state should stay out no. of this? As there's been a lot of turmoil within the kind of libertarian space, especially when it comes to children. I have my own particular case on uh, and take on this particular issue. I think children should be protected. I think children are not adults. I think, especially when it comes to a lot of the bigger libertarian ideas, I think a lot of them are kind of kooky. I think a lot of them are kind of predatory, even though I do believe in a lot of the kind of anarchistic principles and values. But when it comes to children, let's be honest here, there is also a creepy aspect with some fucked up adults being like, yeah, freedom, including the freedom to diddle children. I'm like, motherfucker, no. Like, <laughs> like fuck no, dude. Like, that's not fucking cool. And there's people who are dying on that particular hill. This is, you can make it very simple. Parents don't have the right to abuse their children. You don't have the right to to, to put your child on drugs and to sterilize them. That's not a parental right. That is a right of like, that, that's a property rights argument for slavery. It belongs to me. It's not a human. I can do with it what I want, you know? So, so if that's your position on, on parent rights, but there are, there are laws against child abuse because the state's only job and it's very minimal existence that's supposed to, that it's supposed to be is to protect life, especially life of the smallest minority, which is, a child, you know, so, so in a lot of times you do, not all parents are good. Are you kidding me? Like, so, so, so it's, it's, if this parent isn't going to protect their child because they're going to abuse their child, it's not the libertarian argument to say, oh, well, you know, <laughs> the, the state doesn't, the yeah, the, if, if the parent wants to whip their kid and put them in a cage, then, Hey, you know, that's well, a libertarian argument. I'll that's retarded. I'll that is retarded. <laughs> okay. I'll take it one more step and say, I actually think just as female uh, genital mutilation is illegal and it should be. I think that there's a very strong argument to be had that circumcision ought to be illegal too, because there's no medical health benefit to doing that to little baby boys, and yet they do it in mass by the millions every year. Or vaccinating children as soon as they're born with a lot of fucking vaccines. There's yeah. also an argument to make make for that, which is uh, you know for for libertarians something that has been debated a lot of the times. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, I mean, it's it's tough. Obviously, if you can prove efficacy and safety with the vaccine, I could see an argument that it ought to be legal. But if it's actually you know like if it's the COVID fucking vax, I think it's totally psychotic to be giving that to a six month old, mm -hmm. like extraordinarily dangerous, verging on child abuse. I honestly believe that. So. I don't know. I, it's it's tough because I don't ever like getting the state involved in anything, just to be honest. Uh, but the, the broader point I was making is that Nikki Haley is, as, as Luke described, she's an actual fascist mm -hmm. on almost every issue known to men. And then when it comes to chopping off little girls' tits and little boys' dicks, she's like, 
Let's let the parents do whatever they think is cool. And it's just so clear that she has no principles that she actually upholds. None. She thinks that we can't be anonymous on the internet, for God's sakes. But she thinks this is up to the parents' discretion. How about you have the parents decide if the kid can use social media or not? Like, where do you, where do, where's the distinction? She's so arbitrarily drawing these lines. It's just clear to me that she doesn't have any of these beliefs that she holds, but rather her advisors are dictating what she's going to say. And it's as simple as that. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Uh, the state never has your best interest at heart. And when it comes to this very specific issue, a lot of people always like to live to these kind of larger ideals. Like, yeah, the government knows what's best for me. The government needs to step in. The government needs to worry about this and that and that. And those motherfuckers don't. They do the exact opposite opposite of that, as of course it is the Biden administration literally passing laws, rules, and regulations that allow biological males to compete with females in sports. There's also a lot of very crazy cases of males being put in all female prisons and then a bunch of those female prisoners becoming pregnant for some strange reason, even though it was supposed to be just a jail filled with just Females. There's now more outrage as we have another article here from the Daily Mail talking about how there are furious Colorado parents that are claiming that an 11-year-old daughter was made to sleep in a bed with a biological boy who, quote, identified as a transgender child on an overnight school trip. And we keep hearing stories after stories, especially the ones that happened in Virginia not so long ago where there was transgender students in women's spaces literally sexually assaulting and raping other women that the school covered up all in the name of diversity. That's the level of fucked up shit happening in our mainline society right now that they are trying to fucking justify. So, yes, the state, to me, isn't the answer, isn't the solution. Should we protect life? Should we protect children? Absolutely. fucking lutely Do I trust the state to do it? No. I don't. Yeah. Well, because the at, state's promoting this shit. Well, I, that's the angle I was going to take on. Is like it's if you look at the Epstein case, if you look at the FBI's involvement or the cover up there in the CIA, the Mossad, it's like the government is usually responsible for much of the most egregious child abuse, and it, not exclusively the government. Also, the Catholic Church is well known for their issues too. So, um, I just any sort of institutional power is not really where I think the the underlying root cause of all of this will be remedied, but rather parents taking control over their children and and caring for them in a way that's much more attentive than what we've seen over the past few decades i think that's actually how we solve it you're you're a great mom i'm sure you uh, <laughs> look after your daughters as the precious little beings that they are mm -hmm. yeah so so let's let's talk about states' rights when it comes to um, the transing children agenda. So uh, Ron DeSantis came out and you know said we're not going to trans children here. That's we're not going to do that. That's child abuse, which is the correct position. Um, and I think twenty three other states followed his lead. However, there are fifteen states at least from my last count that didn't follow his lead, and they all created something called trans refuge laws. And these states include California and oh, Oregon shocking. and Washington and Massachusetts and, and all the all the all the usual, usual suspects. suspects. So so um, what these laws indicate is if my child decided, you know what, I'm a boy and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I want a sex change. And she decided she was gonna go to Minnesota and get her sex change there. What they would do, they would take her in and as, as a victim, as, as a refuge, as a, as a refugee. They'd take her in, they'd give her the hormones, and uh, they'd do the mastectomy if she was um, 13 or whatever their age is. And 
uh, they wouldn't extradite her back to Massachusetts. She'd be put into the foster system up in uh, up in Minnesota, or not Massachusetts. Sorry, they wouldn't extradite her back to me in Florida. They'd extradite they they'd keep her there and put her in the foster system because she'd be I would be a risk to her by not letting her transition. And, and what would they do to you if you went and tried to retrieve your daughter? I'd go to jail. So these are these are trans trans refuge laws, and they target children specifically. So um, so since there are no good parents when it comes to letting the parents decide, because parents, a lot of them, like even Chloe Cole's parents, thought they were doing the right thing because a doctor told them your daughter is going to kill herself. Chloe didn't have any any gender dysphoria to the point where of suicide, any any suicidal ideation until she transitioned. This happens with a lot of a lot of children because they feel more like what am I at that point? Um, so, so it's hard because some parents, so, so 60% of the parents that are mothers that transition their children, specifically boys have cluster B disorders, according to Jordan Peterson. And this includes narcissistic disorder, borderline personality disorder, and bipolar depression. And, and they end up projecting their own sense and need for attention onto their children by transing them and suddenly becoming part of this special club where they have special children who are trans. And, you know, you see these mothers, that, I'm proud of my trans child holding up the sign. You, they're usually obese and they're yep. usually single mother parent homes. Exactly. Correct. Yep. And so that's, these are, this is what we're fighting when it comes to that. So I guess the best thing, like, I mean, I moved from Massachusetts where I was raising a tomboy at the time who is now very, very girly. But I was raising a tomboy at the time in Massachusetts, and there was a teacher that was trying to they them her because she was tomboy. And it was making my daughter extremely uncomfortable and making me uncomfortable and, uh, you know, moved her and she, you know, outgrew tomboyism, which about half the tomboys do, you know. But she said when we got to Florida about three months later and she's being a girl, we painted her room pink and, you know, she's loving in her life. And she tells me, she's like, I felt like I couldn't be myself. When I was in, and when I was in Massachusetts, I felt like they expected me to be somebody that I wasn't, and I, and I, I I couldn't be myself, and it was making me sad. So you know, in Florida, she can be herself. Nobody has these expectations, and nobody needs to have a gay friend or a trans friend. They don't they don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's what's good about states, right? Yeah. I guess. There's a lot we could criticize Ron DeSantis on, but mm -hmm. one of the things that he really did uh, a, a lot of good on was was essentially play a major role in the school boards and play a major role endorsing specific candidates that were able to say, hey, uh, maybe pressuring and pushing children into this woke indoctrination where they chop off their fucking genitals, maybe that's not the right fucking decision to make. And uh, overall, Florida schools, from what mm -hmm. I hear, from what I see, are a lot better off than any other school in the nation. And um, I, I, I think it's it's truly important to, to play a part in local politics, and that's one of the best ways to do it. And that's why the FBI is literally trying to investigate parents for showing up to parent-teacher conferences and actually having their voice heard, mm -hmm. pushing back against what essentially is a larger eugenics depopulation agenda that is being carried out in front of fucking everybody. But let me add one thing. I, I want to be a little bit critical of the conservatives in this because just simply because I think far too many of them, and I'm, I know many of the people watching this are not these types, so do not take this personally, but far too many conservatives are too concerned about uh, not being socially ostracized, and they will see one of maybe their more liberal friends who has a child who's being raised in a trans fashion, and they will not 
interject their opinion on the matter. They will they will watch it. They will probably go home and they will say how fucked up it is. But when they're actually interacting with these people, they'll be like, yes, yes, you're doing great. Great job, mom, as you fucking destroy your child. And I think that that really the way the culture war is won, the reason that the left has won the culture war to make it more explicit is because they are the ones that are unafraid in, in voicing their totally fucked up opinions and the people that I think are way more sane are horrified to speak out. That trend has to change. The people that actually understand how dangerous this trajectory is need to have the courage. That, yeah, maybe you'll lose a friend. Maybe. Maybe maybe your, your boss will even fire you. Okay. But do you want to live in a fucking country where you have tens and tens of thousands of kids that are chopping off their body parts and then realizing years later that it was a social contagion and now they're suicidal? God knows if they're even still alive yeah, because of, of your cowardice, your unwillingness to speak out. I know it's not you guys. I'm just I'm just saying, please have the courage and speak. A lot of them, they lose their sex drives. They can't have an orgasm. Um, yeah, can't they, reproduce. They can't, they can't reproduce. They just, they're just, and you know, these could be things that they wanted and that they were misled to believe that, oh yeah, you could have kids if you want, you know, because there's no, there's no transparency when it comes to this at all, because it's all about the bottom line. It's all about the money. It's about well, the money because they create an eternal patience, okay? So these kids, they get their surgeries, then then they have to take hormones for the rest of their life. They become permanent, they become permanent um, um, patients of big customers. pharma. Permanent customers of big pharma, and they have to take these hormones all the time, and oh, now they're depressed. Now we're gonna add more to your cocktail because yep. you're depressed now. Um, and we're, oh, we gotta level out your drugs. We have to add something else to that. And so it creates a permanent customer base for big pharma to and, do this. And yeah. testosterone and estrogen. Oh, just really quick, we got some uh, sure. rumble rants that I wanna read off before we go into the next uh, topic. We got one here by Cocteau who says, you're a rant here. Thank you so much for the rumble rant, Cocteau. We got another one from Harry Toe too saying shit smelling front hole it's funny but really sad yes <laughs> it is really freaking sad as of course there's so many different illnesses and sicknesses that people go through that the doctors are like yeah totally cool totally fine we're just gonna you know give you a whole bunch of pills we're just gonna chop this off and uh, i i think the covid years with the covid19 vaccine have really proved just how evil, sociopathic, and bought off the doctors are in this country. You thought the politicians were bought off? Wait until you find out about the doctors who do not give a fuck about you. And they were also purged like the U.S. military was. As Of course, if they didn't play ball, if they didn't give you a rushed experimental fucking gene therapy that we still don't know the long-term consequences to, they would be fired or lose their medical licenses. Those good doctors have been pushed out of a corrupted, evil motherfucking system that does not give a fuck about you and thrives off of you make uh, off of making you fucking miserable. There's no other way to explain it. How else do you explain it? Yeah, um, same thing with the transgender uh, doctors that don't want to play ball with that were were criticized, ostracized. You know, um, and and so you know you have to kind of bend the knee to to big pharma. But we're not going to know for probably ten more years the extent of the damage that they've done to these children. We're not going to know because this also was, it, this is experimental as well to do this to children. So we're not going to have those answers either. We're going to see COVID, the, the result of COVID and um, these these vaccines, we're going to see it affect whether it's going to affect the, the, the population from birth or from death. And then we're going to see the same at the same time the effects of transing children. It's all going to happen all at once within a decade. Yep. Yeah. And then what's going to happen with the local population? 
they're going to be fucking destroyed. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that is being done on purpose. As, as, of course, we have another article here talking about how in Illinois, the cycling championship had a biologically born male gold and silver winner. As, of course, the third place was an actual woman, but biological males won the first and second place in a bike race where clearly uh, men have different kind of muscles and bone mm -hmm. structures that gives them an unfair advantage against the women. This is the South Park meme in real life <laughs> highlighting two dudes who look like dudes. You mm -hmm. could even see the bulge. You could even see their dicks right there. Yep. Look, that's a dick. You, you, the little micro dicks right there. Look at that. <laughs> you can't avoid it. Mm -hmm. Look at that stare. Look at this dude. Look at those shoulders. Look at those fucking thighs. <laughs> that fucking thigh. Don't lie. Okay. And then this woman here somehow cheering and happy when she, she should have had gold. But why the fuck would you even go up on this podium after all of this just happened to you after essentially you were robbed of your ability and position to win the number one first place as a woman in a woman's sport? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, uh, up in Massachusetts, uh, my daughter uh, in eighth grade was a soccer player and uh, she had to play against boys. Uh, it wasn't trans boys. It was just co-ed because everything is everybody's equal in Massachusetts. Um, and so she's, she's this little, little bitty thing. She's built like me. She's a little shorter than me. Um, and she's running around the field and there is a boy who is probably six foot tall and 200 pounds, eighth grade boy who just rams into her and she goes flying on, on her back. Um, and, and that was like hard, like as a mother watching that happen, um, I moved to Florida. She's a girl. They are not allowed to have boys play in the leagues with girls here, whether whether it's a boy who thinks he's a boy or a boy who thinks he's a girl. It doesn't matter. Not allowed. She's killing it in soccer, killing it in soccer. I showed a video actually last night, scored her first goal. Um, She's so varsity as a freshman. Varsity as a freshman. She is incredible. And had, she, had we been in Massachusetts, that opportunity would not have happened for her because there would be boys that would fill those slots for the girls. Well, it's like the the macho man, right? He's, he's like, oh yeah, <laughs> just like I'm a, I'm a deadlift. Uh, uh, Janet can't fuck with me. It's uh, it's such an absurdity. Um, and it, well, the like, Daily Caller just made a movie about this called uh, Lady, Lady, Lady Ballers. Lady Ballers. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched it, but I heard uh, I heard mixed reviews, but overall positive reviews from mm -hmm. that. Essentially, going off of that meme, and I would hope being just as spicy and even more spicy than the actual South Park episode that did a brilliant job on this. Yeah. So it, it's pretty awesome to see a, a space where a lot of these ideas are, are, are kind of shown in um, a, a critical, funny way where we get to laugh at this instead of just cry because this is fucking sad. And this is, from what I see, from everything that I'm seeing, a, a larger sociological fifth generational warfare meant to, of course, eviscerate and destroy an entire population of people. And they're doing it successfully. Well, th this is the angle that I see on this is like women tend to be uh, predominantly more interested in social acceptance. Like men are oftentimes more willing to say the unpopular thing. I think that that has been primarily the reason that we've seen so many men who are transitioning go into women's sports and kick the shit out of girls is because girls don't want to be socially ostracized. And it's the popular thing to do in states like California or Massachusetts or New York. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's, it's incumbent upon the parents to intervene on behalf of their children and say, this ends today. 
You don't, you're not going to put Paul, who just became Paula six months ago because she's now taking estrogen and now, uh, you know, she's kicking the shit out of my daughter in the 100 meter swim or whatever. It's like, that can't happen. It's destroying female sports. Female sports are already unwatchable. Don't make me do anything. <laughs> But hey, but hey, wouldn't dudes competing in women's sports now make you want to watch the women's sports? Yeah, can we just have all dudes like, and then we'll just start watching them again? I mean, don't you want to see just just (laughs) women be obliterated in their local sports? I mean, I played a clip. I played a clip for my members uh, video today, specifically of the women's national team going up against the U.S. retired team in soccer. By the way, soccer is not even a real sport, but (laughs) let's be on the point here. But they were obliterated twelve to zero, and it, it. it let's controversial take here. It was a little bit more entertaining to watch than an actual women's soccer game. <laughs> so, so there is that. I mean, what if what if this is all a five D chess move in order to get people watching sports, women's sports specifically? That isn't doing too well. Well, look, if LeBron James retires, he starts taking estrogen and then goes... LeBron James. LeBron, LeBron? If LeBron James takes estrogen and he goes into the WNBA at 42 years old and just crushes all of these chicks, it'll be hilarious. I would watch I will, it. I, will I would not, watch it. I will not miss a single game. I will be a... Well, I might get season tickets. It'd be so fucking funny. They have to find a way to pay for the equal pay now for the women in the soccer. <laughs> right, yeah, so right. This is what they got to do. See, what the better only way? way they'll ever get equal pay mm-hmm. is to have dudes just dominate them. I, it's just sad to me because, like, obviously... Obviously, I, I don't I don't have any daughters, but if I were to, I would be fucking furious if my daughter was a high level athlete like yours are mm-hmm. and, and their opportunities are taken away because some kid is has gender dysphoria and they're like, OK, well, now now your daughter d- can't play varsity. Yeah, you know, it's like it's terrible. I, I think it was at Congress today. They were interviewing Riley Gaines um, and, yes. you know, they were they were coming at her. And I don't remember if this comment was said at Congress or not, but they said women need to learn how to lose gracefully to the trans women. It's like, nope, no, no, we don't. No, we need to fight back against that because these are men that these, these are males, biological males that that we're losing to there. And there are records we're never going to get back. There are awards that we can't get because they're always going to be equitable to a, a, a male from, you know, a, a board of people who, who want to feel inclusive and who want that attention. And, you know, so, so no, no, we're, no. I, I'll spend this a little bit optimistically is that like, I think women are also predominantly the Democrat voting base. Mm-hmm. And, and if they are finally feeling as if they're being infringed upon by this, you know, progressive agenda, maybe some of them will start to wake up and go like, oh, yeah, this is fucking stupid. That would be nice, but they're actually uh, coming for the women's empathy, which is what they do to get the votes for whatever the fuck they want. Well, um, if, if your empathy outweighs your desire to protect your children, then you're a real piece of shit. Yeah, it does, but 60% well, well, the women, of the... the women overwhelmingly vote Democrat. Oh, yes. I know. I know, but, but I'm saying if it, if it actually fucks up their daughters' lives, mm-hmm. then I would hope that they would go, oh, I don't care about being empathetic to, you know, uh, or viewing or appearing to be empathetic to my neighbors, my friends, my family. I want to be in defense of my daughter, my kids. Like, I think that's the highest calling. You tell me if I'm wrong. No. You're a mom. Oh, no, no. I, I I think you're right. But also I think that we live in this me first Instagram era age where it's, it is about optics. It is about how you appear uh, to your neighbor, unfortunately. So, if so you they, prioritize likes on Instagram over looking after yep. the safety and security of your daughter, 
you need to wake the fuck you up. But that's, but that's a lot of people. And yeah. they, they say the homeschooling kids are weird. Right? Yeah. Uh, by the way, we're going to have Dana Martin on, who's one of the biggest proponents and teachers of homeschooling and radical uh, homeschooling programs on the show in about two weeks here as well. So we're, we're looking forward to having her on the show. We're going to take phone calls in just a little bit. We got one caller waiting. If you are a member of LukeUnfiltered.com right now, go to that website, go to the Telegram channel, and of course, tell me that you want to call in, and then we, of course, will be picking on you. And we actually have a sponsor. What? Finally, finally, we have a company that says, you know what? We actually like you guys. We don't care about all this other woke nonsense. We're going to stand behind you guys. And that company is, of course, of course, Birch Gold. And they are giving out free silver. You could diversify your savings with physical precious metals while stock piling silver in your home safe. It's Birch Gold's group's most popular special of the year now through December 22nd for every $5,000 of fiat notes you spend with Birch Gold. They'll send you a one ounce silver coin, Eagle coin for free. Visit birchgold.com slash Luke to claim your eligibility now. Clint, do you want to take it away from here? You can purchase gold and silver and have it shipped directly to your home or have Birch Gold's precious metals specialist help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax sheltered IRA in gold for no money out of pocket and they'll send you free silver for every $5,000 you purchase keep it for yourself or give it something with real value as a stocking stuffer this year Christmas is just a few weeks away get on it just visit just visit birchgold.com slash Luke to claim your eligibility with an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers now is the best time to buy gold from Birch Gold visit birchgold.com com slash Luke and claim your eligibility for free silver on qualifying purchases before December 22nd. And let me just remind you guys, gold just hit its all-time high over the past weekend at over $2,100 an ounce. It looks as if the inflationary pressures are here to stay. If you need a hedge, Birch Gold's your guys. Yeah, for my team watching, let's get that link in the description and in the comment section as, of course, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's not easy being an independent media company. It's not easy being a company standing up against a lot of this woke nonsense. It's not easy finding good companies that do good things that we want to work with and uh, precious metals is something that i personally worked with uh, a lot of different companies on there's some good players there's some bad players but we want to shout out the players that actually put their money where their mouth is and are supporting independent media so if you're looking to diversify definitely check out gold and silver definitely check out the link that we just posted right now in the description and comment section below as of course uh, you know having companies sponsor us it's a pretty big deal um, as of course we've been demonetized on YouTube for so long and to have companies willing to stand behind us really does mean a lot to us now we're gonna take a caller from uh, one of the members of lukeunfiltered.com and that of course is going to be Chris Chris we are calling you right now as we will be setting up this telegram phone call uh, right now hold on looks like we might have a little bit of camera problems, but we're going to figure it out like we always do. <laughs> Chris, we are calling you. We are clicking start video. And boom, there we go. I was able to fix that. Okay, Steph, leave uh, Atlas alone. Um, <laughs> Atlas here is distracting us. Atlas, over here. Up, 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 up. There you go. Yeah, you want to talk oh, to Chris? Precious yeah, baby. Oh, precious Good dog. Chris, how are you? Can you hear us? It's encrypting the keys. 
And we are waiting for Chris to join us here as, of course, members of LukeAndFilter.com get the call in. Chris, we see you. Can you hear us? Way to go, Clint. Clint, uh, can you hear me? Yes, I'm, I'm hearing you. Clint's dropping everything for some uh, reason. We see and hear you okay. loud and clear. Thank you again so much for being a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. Thank you so much for calling in. Chris, what is your question for anyone here a part of this conversation? Uh, just a question for uh, just everyone. Uh, like, How long do you think like the mainstream media can keep this charade going? Because like, everything is like crumbling around themselves like the country's like falling apart with all these policies like how long do you think they can keep this up because like at this point like no one fucking believes them they're gonna have to take trump off the ballot to even win you know what i mean like what's your takeaway that's a very good question. How long does the system have? Well, I think right now they're very desperate. I think they're absolutely in a situation that's very difficult for them. And this difficult situation is not going to be getting better anytime soon. As uh, it's it's kind of fair to say that what, what's happening now is kind of a, an unraveling of the old status quo as they're losing a lot of very prominent influence. They're losing a, a, a lot of control that they used to have. And I think this election cycle is going to be a make or break election cycle where they are acting like a cornered animal already lashing out in very vicious aggressive ways uh how much will this kind of wounded animal be able to still kind of claw its way through the american people that's a very great question that i wish i had the answer to but i don't have a magic eight ball because it could go either way especially if they pull off another kind of big psyop or another pearl harbor like event right before this election that bamboozles the American public. I, it's a balancing game. I don't think they're... Listen, the way things are going, they're going to try something, but I don't think it's going to work. I think it's going to backfire. I think enough people are going to find out because of institutions like Rumble, because of platforms like Twitter, because of individuals like Elon Musk standing up for freedom of speech, even though you could criticize him on the brain chips. Doesn't matter. He still is allowing free yeah. speech in, in such a way where they are doing everything they can to try to stop him and get rid of him. And uh, truly, uh, I, I do believe they are going to try something, um, and I think it's going to backfire, and I think a lot of it is going to be exposed within the next few months. That's just my own personal interpretation and understanding of it. I could be wrong. What do you guys think? Uh, I'll take it the financial angle because that's more my expertise. I, I did an episode on Liberty Lockdown last week was about a, the next banking crisis. Uh, I'll give you the Cliffs notes if you don't have time to listen to the full hour. But uh, the BTFP, the Bank Term uh, Financing Program, was rolled out in March of this year. It expires 12 months from, from then, which is March of next year, which is about 100 days from now. Uh, in that process, hundreds of billions of dollars of upside down assets were removed from many of the banking institutions balance sheets. It was transferred over to the treasury, but that expires at the 12 month mark, which means that March of this year of this upcoming year, obviously it's an election year too, uh, will tell us a lot about the, uh, the liabilities and the liquidity of the banking institution more broadly. So I would be paying very close attention to the banking uh, sector, uh, March, April of 2024. I think it will tell us a lot about how long they can actually delay the day of reckoning when it comes to our financial malfeasance. 
when it comes to It'll be the next psyop to like you know uh start you know spending more government money raise taxes and whatnot it's yeah fucking crazy well they, they, they always do that that's that's a given but uh, there are there are financial repercussions that they cannot avoid and by that i mean the inflationary pressure that we've been dealing with lately i think that we will find out in 2024 which direction it goes is this is going to be a deflationary spiral or a, or a hyperinflationary one we're seeing states try to take Trump off the ballot and they keep losing because they keep running on this 14th Amendment, but they don't read the whole 14th Amendment, which also includes uh, due process. And uh, there hasn't been any due process to keep this, this citizen from running for president. So they keep losing. He's still on the ballot, so they can't go that route. Um, what's We're going to likely have some sort of massive something that's going to force... Uh, like massive mail-in ballots to be the only way to do it would be my guess because I don't think they can. I believe they stole the election to an extent for sure. Oh, they completely. Um, So, so they're, they're not, I I don't feel like they think they can do that again because they're going to be under a microscope now in many of these States. Um, People are going to be watching for it. Um, so I think that they'll have to do some sort of big, massive Pearl Harbor level catastrophe to make it so we have to mail in ballot vote and there'll be less, um, less oversight. To, I, I know a topic that we were going to get into later, uh, is about the FBI coming out and saying that they have never heard this kind of type of chatter for a potential domestic terrorist mm-hmm. strike. I think that could be the, uh, the catalyst to kind of cover up all of this insanity and also roll out kind of uh, election interference once again. That they could try to blame on all Trump supporters of and course. Republicans and anti-government mm-hmm. types who committed uh, in, you know, they've been trying to bait a lot of retarded people to do a lot of these actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- there are, you know, specific quotas when it comes to going, at, uh, you know, going after white dudes. And uh, I, I think it's fair to say that they've have been trying to manipulate and make something happen very desperately here for a very, very long time I've, here. I've interviewed Steve Friend and Kyle Serafin, both mm-hmm. uh, really patriotic FBI agents that were uh, essentially essentially shit-canned because they spoke out against the tyrannical maneuvers of the FBI to go after Trump supporters. Uh, it's it's bad, man. Yeah, it's they, it's they, really they, bad. They literally take like lonely individuals who don't have any friends who are mentally ill and are like, hey, I'll be your friend if you create this terrorism for us. <laughs> Yay. There was, and I'm like, well, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's how fucking evil and, and fucking rotten a lot of these kind of uh, federal agents are. So you, didn't, you didn't hear about it, but there was a near terrorist attack, or I wouldn't say terrorist, domestic terrorist attack against a hospital in New Hampshire uh, two weeks ago. And what happened is there was a homeless guy and he was a little bit loopy. And he showed up in a U-Haul with a semi-automatic rifle with a bunch of ammo and um, ended up killing a security guard, but it was taken down by a state cop, right? He wanted to go into the hospital and do a shooting in the hospital of a swing state, um, you know, homeless guy, but who, a homeless guy gets a U-Haul truck? Like, I mean, there's just so much to it that doesn't add up and it went away. Yeah, like you didn't sense, even hear you know? about it. Exactly. So you could look that up. I think it was, um, oh, where in New Hampshire was that? I shared it, but I can't remember where in New Hampshire that was. One of the big, uh, round Manchester. And they probably there. would have used that incident to go after yes. how uh, the, the guns and how friendly uh, New Hampshire is for the Second Amendment. Yes. As, of course, you could open carry in New Hampshire, yep. which uh, you, you can't in a lot of different states. Steph, what do you think? No comment, no comment. <laughs> button pushing, button pushing. <laughs> <laughs> love button you, love smashing. you. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for calling in. Anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to ask us? 
hey man y'all have a great night happy holidays keep fighting we're winning and you know fuck these pedophiles we're gonna win <laughs> Epson didn't kill himself damn right Chris yeah. is our people yeah it depends on what age you are in which case don't fuck the pedophiles that's yeah. what they want yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Chris thank you again so much yeah. for calling in really appreciate you thank you so much uh, and of course anyone and everyone could call in Chris is awesome uh, this wasn't the first time he of course called in but we could uh, always go to the article that you were just mentioning specifically not just with Americans preparing for the worst here but the FBI director coming out and saying that this hey button pusher oh, button, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing why buttons. didn't you I'm push pushing. the buttons you're supposed I'm to be pushing it. the buttons okay come on now I'm showing the articles here uh, and, and this is again one reason why we always keep reiterating and telling people hey violence is never the answer violence is the tool of the state that it has mastered to the point where there is no competing with it there's no using it there's no way to kind of go and, and use this kind of tool that is essentially the biggest most grand weapon of the state here nonviolence is always the answer um, because if you even defend yourself they'll spit it in such a fucking way where they will of course always try to make you like the look like the aggressor and the, the attacker here as we have the article that clint just mentioned a couple seconds ago detailing how the fbi director is announcing how the united states is facing their highest risk of attack in years specifically warning of terrorists that will exploit the southern border according to some experts is that the case here well yeah, I mean, if there ever was an opportune time to get through the border to do some really fucked up shit and not have any border security, um, why not? Well, th this is what should infuriate the American people is that, one, obviously the Biden administration has has had a policy of keeping the border wide open. Uh, but simultaneously, they've been funding uh, Israel in their bombardment campaign against Gaza, which has totally infuriated the Muslim world, whereas Israel already can defend itself quite adequately. So this was totally unnecessary. It was basically adding salt to the wound of the war on terror that had already infuriated the Muslim world. So it, it's just it's just really all totally avoidable. But then you have the FBI, which is obviously under the purview of Joe Biden, who comes out and says, hey, Americans, prepare to be struck by these terrorists that are upset about our intervention on behalf of Israel. And now we're all supposed to just be scared to death. It's like, you motherfuckers created this dynamic. I didn't do it. So how about you fucking fix it? Clint, well, he specifically he specifically is warning of an October 7th Hamas terrorist attack that could happen here inside of the United States. So that's specifically what he's bringing up, specifically with the border being wide open, with terrorists coming in through the border and then doing such plots and plans. Clint, they hate us for our freedom. Mm. They hate us for our freedoms, not because we... <laughs> We, we, have still, been we, still in, got, we still got freedoms? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> not, not because we've been in, you know, Ukraine and Israel and... Oh, <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't so much Ukraine and Israel that they're upset it's about. It's Libya, Yemen, Iraq, yeah. Iran, Afghanistan. Yeah. Bingo. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, it's so, it's so obviously human nature that they would be infuriated because we've killed their people. Mm -hmm. That's how they view it by the, I mean millions and millions honestly that's that's over the past 20 years it has been millions of innocent civilians that have had their lives ruined or or ended and then not to mention the millions more that have been displaced and then simultaneously now we have this immigration crisis because these people are legitimately refugees because many of their nations have been blown to smithereens and then we intervene on behalf of israel which they have their own grievances against and now we have 
once again infuriated them to the point that they might do something crazy. And here's the here's the really tragic part. The consequences will be borne by the American people, and then we will be stripped of our remaining liberties as a consequence of the terrorist strike because we have to be kept safe by the federal government, which created the dynamic whole cloth in the first place. It's fucking crazy. I don't know. I don't know why when people are going to wake up to this dynamic. It's it's just time and time and time again. Hey, you know, how else is the military industrial complex going to get their pound of flesh? You know, <laughs> how else are they going to limit our personal? There's many different ways. But I'm just I'm just like, really? Like, like even even the head of the FBI is coming out and saying, yeah, uh, there's going to be a terrorist attack coming soon. Um, like, it, that's your job, bro. Then yeah. fucking stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, there's you, chatter, you know, so you, stop it. You know, yeah. may, maybe stop investigating uh, Catholics. <laughs> you know, maybe stop going after uh, abortion activists. Maybe stop going after uh, parents who show up to parent-teacher conferences. Maybe stop trying to go after, you know, Republicans, as there's even mainline reports detailing how the FBI's kind of obsession with the January 6th incident is literally taking people off of child predator cases mm -hmm. and pedophile cases and literally refocusing them on getting individuals for walking around or inside of the Capitol with a police fucking escort. Okay, that right there is a politicization of the justice system as clearly the FBI does not have their fucking priorities straight here and they're implementing rules and policies that are not advantageous for the American people. They are investigating Americans who clearly have a different political belief. While, let's just be honest here, let's be real, the threat of, uh, of uh, you know, a, a potential attack, a potential terrorist incident, pretty real, especially with how pissed off a lot of people are at American foreign policy. Right. And, 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 you know, and again, I'm not trying to justify any of it. Again, violence is, is nothing that ever should be used or, or implemented. It is a tool of the state, but Let's just be real here. Open border security, essentially, all of it is just an illusion. All of it is just a, this kind of larger idea that doesn't really kind of exist. It's all security theater. We're not more secure than we ever were because of 9-11. We're less secure because of the policies that we instituted afterwards that pissed off even more people as your tax dollars literally went to jihadis and financed them to overthrow the government of Syria and the government of, of Libya and other governments around the world, including countries in Africa and all over the Middle East, and now far-right radicals in Ukraine. So yeah, that's where your tax dollars are going, financing problem that now we have to finance in order to fight. Thank Let you. me just jump in. Um, sure. Congress hasn't declared war in 80 years, so this is all taxation without representation, just so... You know, we're well, acutely aware of that. This is what our founders went to war over. Let me let me just add too that mm -hmm. what Luke was saying about how FBI agents have been taken after or taken off of child protection cases or child abduction, rape, trafficking, all that. That was the whistleblower FBI agent Steve Friend. That's the reason he got kicked out mm -hmm. of the FBI is because he was like, "This is fucking crazy." He's like, that was my job. I was put on the task of monitoring J6ers, which I knew were harmless to the mo for the most extent or to the most extent. And it's like, and now you have you know Epstein and Maxwell running around doing their thing. And he's like, what the fuck is our focus here? It's crazy. So yeah, it's it's not it's not. He's not wrong. It's the fact. Like, that is the facts. We have actual patriotic, upstanding FBI agents. And that's hard for me to say because I don't fucking like the FBI. But the handful of good agents in there that were actually trying to do the right thing, they were kicked out because they spoke up. 
That's that's how sick the institution is. That the handful of good guys that are in the FBI can't do their jobs because that's that entire organization has been just destroyed I from inside. I think it was Congressman Massey who said, you know, when, when we we're all hating on the FBI and stuff, he said there's about fifty percent good guys, fifty percent guys who want to protect the children who are in it because uh, because of the reasons that you said, um, and then there's fifty percent evil. <clears throat> Like there's, there's just, there's no like middle of the ground at all. You're either, you're, you're good or you're bad in the FBI. And that's what they were doing. They were purging a lot of the, well, good the guys. Yeah, but, but if you're allowing the, the evil guys to prosecute and to go after innocent law abiding civilians and mm -hmm. to ruin their lives and to throw them in jail and to throw them in solitary confinement, essentially oh, torturing them. Oh yeah, the DOJ them. is evil. And, and if you're, if you're a part of that system, are, are you culpable here? Yeah, I would say so. And, and just to, to extrapolate off this, even if it's 95% to, that are good to 5% that are bad, the institution itself, the, the leadership is bad. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't much matter what the foot soldiers are. Obviously, it's worse if all of the foot soldiers are totally on board because then it gets, uh, you know, it expedites the, the tyrannical process. But it's still bad just because the leadership is rotten to its core. Yes, exactly. So yeah, there's that. As uh, <laughs> there's there's another article here that I had pulled up from uh, Fox News talking about how a CIA whistleblower came out and said there's no reason why we can't get the Epstein flight logs. And I would absolutely agree with him. As of course, the list is there. There's photos. There's videos. There's documentation. There's extortion tapes that are confiscated by the FBI. That magically went missing. They didn't go missing. They're still being used in our political discourse and system, as it's also important to note here that for 30 plus years, the FBI obfuscated and I would argue played a central role in allowing thousands of children to be raped here under the Jeffrey Epstein fucking saga. There was victims coming forward in the 1990s being like, hey, this guy's fucking raping children. And the FBI is like, yeah, cool. Cool story, bro. Uh, yeah. We don't give a fuck. Why didn't they give a fuck? That's a question that I think is worth considering and pondering as um, there are some really evil people out there. There are some you know, good people trying to stop it and trying to fight for this. But overall, when we have thousands of children under this Jeffrey Epstein saga being hurt here, I think the system kind of speaks for itself with how rotten it is and how lost it is, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, it just add on to that. The fact that the FBI ATF organizations have also been responsible for events like Waco, you know, these they they brutalize the domestic population. They don't protect the domestic population. At some point, you have to ask yourself, why the fuck does this organization exist if they're going to to burn children and women? innocent women and children in Waco by the by the dozens and there's no justice to be found there uh, and then simultaneously you have these these good FBI agents that are on the trail of Epstein and Maxwell then you have a call from the FBI, the head of the FBI to the local judges there that give them a sweetheart deal you you have to understand at some point there's enough smoke to know that there's fire there these people are participants in this operation, it's quite clear to me that that's what they're doing, that they're trying to build compromise against political opponents and allies, mind you. That's the reason that they get these people in compromised positions on video so that they can dictate what their policymaking will be for the remainder of their godforsaken careers in politics. These, The entire institution needs to be ended, and all of these politicians that have been 
uh, been participants need to be purged. And I just hope at some point the American people will rise up and demand it with their chest. Well, that's what they did uh, from the beginning of the start of the FBI. And J. J. Edgar Hoover, I mean, he was collecting. That's the whole point. He was, he was, mm-hmm. cro- he was the original from cross-dresser. Yeah, he was the original cross-dresser. He was the original trans uh, politician out there as he was spying and getting a lot of sexual compromise on a lot of politicians, on a lot of whores in Washington, D.C., and then implementing it with, of course, policies that he pushed and forced on a lot of people. And so, that, and, yeah, oh, I just wanted to, add, <laughs> I just wanted to add too uh, that. Oh no, I've I blanked. Josie, this was um, a really nice conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. We usually like to. I forgot to do this yesterday. Uh, we asked you a lot of questions. Do you have any questions for us? Nope. You sure? Come on. <laughs> Hour and 50 minutes, you don't have anything? Uh, I'm blanking. I'm, I'm probably going to think of a bunch like at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of people asking me here saying, oh, Luke went to Epstein's Island. Context. Um, so, yes, um, that is true. I won't get into the context. Oh. I'll just leave it up for you guys there uh, to, to take it as you want. Uh, you had something to say, Clint? Yeah, I, I just remembered my point is that then you have just to just to prove my case that this was obviously an operation that was FBI driven from the get go. Then you have Epstein who kills himself in jail. The cameras go out. The guards are asleep. It's like it's like how how many fucking bizarre tales have to go into this before people just go like, well, yeah, obviously this was a government. Didn't operation. the same thing, same exact stuff happen for for Chauvin? Didn't like the guards fall asleep or something? Wasn't there some similarity? I don't think they fell asleep, but he he was under. Obviously, he was in federal prison and he was stabbed 22 times, nearly to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you actually look into the story of what transpired with Chauvin, it seems as if he was railroaded. You know, I, I have my own differences of opinion and disagreements with how long he stayed on George Floyd's back. But if you actually watch the footage, he was like Floyd was was declaring quite profoundly or loudly that I couldn't that he couldn't breathe long before he was put to the ground. So mm-hmm. it seems as if he was already on his way to you know, dying of a heart attack. And uh, the fact that he got 20 years or, or however long it was in prison is pretty wild. And the fact that he's now been stabbed 22 times, we don't even know his his condition. It seems to me quite likely that he was a sacrificial lamb and they don't want him to be yeah. able to have a retrial. Hey, Absolutely. hey, hey, George Floyd died from COVID, okay? It was, okay. A, it was, a, it was a real COVID death. It's, nothing to do with the, the fentanyl. It's the only, COVID, the yeah. only real COVID death. Nothing <laughs> to do with the speedball, nothing to do with the huge amount of drugs that he took. COVID, yeah. COVID's yeah, bad. Yeah, he, he ate his drugs before. Before he went down, and that's, you can actually see them in his mouth. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, but uh, yeah, COVID. Yeah, the they actually. I think the day he got uh, the day that Chauvin uh, got convicted, I actually said they they burned him like a witch. Like he was a sacrificial lamb. And the Supreme Court didn't want to take the case. They didn't want to open up. Nobody wants to revisit the summer of love. Like it's enough where nobody just wants to deal with it. They just all right. He's sacrificed. He's he's done. Yeah. Well, but see, what's really crazy about it? It's not just him. It was the other cops that were involved too. The mm-hmm. the three that had their their knees on him at all. All of them got many or multiple years in prison. And it's like that was in the that was in the manual. And the police chief withheld that information. He he was on the stand and he testified that that type of restraint was not in their manual. It was in their manual. Yep. It's totally criminal what happened. Yes, uh, the the state 
is a criminal enterprise. And, uh, anyway, jury too. Th- this was an awesome show. This was a really fun show. Josie, thank you so much for coming on. We got a lot of great guests that I'm confirming in the making of this video. We have Vinny from Valuetainment coming on tomorrow. They're doing a special uh, town hall with a JF, uh, RFK Jr. tomorrow. So we should try to reach out to RFK Jr. Maybe try to get him on wow, this particular show, which would be awesome because RFK Jr. is going to be in Miami. So we're going to be doing our best to try to get him. Michael Seifer is confirmed for December 21st, December 20th, Dana Martin. And we're doing another special show, 5 p.m. Eastern this Thursday, tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, Wednesday. We are also doing a fourth show now this week. So stay tuned for that. Clint, you got some interesting guests also lined up for next week when I'm going to be gone in the Beanie Castle. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on them. We're, we're rescheduling because we're trying to make it so that it works with Luke to be able to, uh, you know, StreamYard in for those conversations. So I'm going to keep you in suspense. But trust me, there's three people that I'm working on that you are going to want to hear from. Yeah, so and, don't and, miss it. Yeah, whatever you do. So this is going to be call-in guests, not in-studio guests. We could get some really high-caliber uh, call-in guests, which we're going to have to do uh, next week because I'm not going to be here in this beautiful, amazing free state of Florida. Uh, I'm going to be in the, the shithole backwoods Blair Rich projects of the Tim Pool Beanie Compound, <laughs> which is, you know, I'm not going to be enjoying. But, 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 but. When we do call, we could do some really high-profile call-in guests. So we're working on some really high-profile guys that are going to be uh, calling in and going to be a part of the broadcast next week. As of course, we are going to be live at least three times out of the week. Don't forget to subscribe, click the notification button, but but also more importantly, sign up on Rumble. Like, what are you guys doing? Not having an account here? If you have an account on YouTube but not on Rumble, you sir are whack. Very whack. I was gonna say other stuff. I'm not gonna say other stuff. You are you're you're not a good person because you are incentivizing essentially and prioritizing an industry that doesn't care about you. Rumble is fighting for your personal liberty, fighting for free speech. We are standing behind Rumble. Sign up for Rumble and subscribe to this channel. We're going to have a lot of really incredible shows coming here your way all of December with some really awesome, incredible content coming here your way. Josie. Thank you so much for joining us. Where people, where can people find you and support you? Um, over on x.com, T-R-H-L official. You can go ahead over there. Enjoy my, I think I have 550,000 followers now. Show off. Yeah. Shane Lyon is crazy. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, go over there and also go to timcast.com and become a subscriber and help support our work. I only have one request for you, beautiful people. I had an incredible interview with Tommy Robinson today on Liberty Lockdown. That episode is premiering literally one minute from now on Rumble. Search Liberty Lockdown. It's a great conversation. Don't miss it. Steph. So much happening right now. So excited. There's, It's been nonstop here with We Are Changed. I'm loving it. I'm so happy to share this conversation and be part of it. You can find me on Instagram at Steph We Are Change. Uh, thank you for supporting this independent media broadcast. Right, Atlas. Atlas, come up here. Atlas. Last oh. word. The mascot. Fuck the government. Atlas. Oh, oh my goodness. What a perfect dog. Oh, my goodness. Very yeah. sure.